and welcome to the Sheffield Hopcast. Um, I'm James. Now, if you're listening last week, you'll know that this week's episode is one that is very close to my heart for many and varied reasons. So today should be the final of Eurovision 2020 in uh, Rotterdam over in the Netherlands. Of course, it's not happening, but that's fine because we can go one better. So we can create our own uh, Eurovision. I should have planned this a bit better and had some like Eurovision games and stuff like that that we could have done as well. Although I'm not sure if you guys would be quite as on board with that as uh, I would enjoy it. But anyway, so we're going for, that is the beer theme. It is Eurovision. It's, it's very loose. It's very open. It'll be interesting to see um, how our gang has interpreted it. Uh, we have a guest with us as well this week. We'll meet him in uh, a minute or two. Um, first of all, let's go to Adam, who I think every week that we've recorded, Adam, you've, been, you've either been in a different room or you've painted that wall about 50 times now different colours <laughs> I've um, I'm back in our room but I've gone to another 90 degree angle because there's a little bit more leg room <laughs> at the end of the, oh, I saw at the, end of the bed last time so I literally had such a spread <laughs> you've, you've gone Barry White on it it's happened again I've gone Barry White on you yeah oh, sing us a song Adam sing us <laughs> a song we just start again <laughs> this is our most professional beginning to an episode ever so about four weeks ago you might have heard it adam had some kind of technical breakdown or maybe it was it was just an emotional breakdown in the middle of an episode and uh, went about two octaves lower we now always get him to test his microphone before the episode it was fine like literally a minute ago and um it's all it's all gone wrong we'll see whether or not we we was any better adam back yeah I just changed it to something else and then back to this again. You sound human again now. (laughs) It'd be a great one week if it went in the other direction and you went a bit chipmunk on us. We'd like that. (laughs) I'll I'll see what I can do. Brill, so what is your interpretation of Eurovision? Well, I struggled a little bit because I left it a little bit late. Then I had an idea and then I changed my mind. So my idea first was, this is my second beer, Love and Hate because I hate that type of music, but I absolutely love watching Eurovision. So it's kind of, I have a love-hate relationship with the thing. Yeah, um, that would have worked. Yeah, but I'm not going to have that. Right. I thought I'd just go for something, um, something different. I think we might have done love and hate at some point. So this is Northern Monk's Tidal. It's a citrus zest and sea salt goes. And I just thought it, like Eurovision, bright, colourful, zesty, Bit salty, probably at the end of the uh, of the night. <laughs> I just thought it was something that kind of, you know, loosely kind of made me think about. Was, I, know, I can see the any, connection there because it's a bit. Yeah. It's kind of like mad as a goose, isn't it? That, yeah. And yeah. Eurovision is, you know, kind of along the same sort of lines. Yeah. All right, that's a decent start. So that's Adam's interpretation of the Eurovision theme. Let's see what Laura's come up with. And of course, Laura every week so far has had a beer themed attire on um, and um, this week I think is no exception but you're probably going to have to explain it to us. Yeah uh, so I've taken the theme quite you know I've just gone European so that applies to my t-shirt so I'll say my t-shirt is um, it's a little hop on a motorbike and it is from I bought this at the homebrewers market at Carnival Pratanamices in Amsterdam last year um, and it's from a teeny tiny little brewery called Fermentary Van Dam, uh, which is in North Brabant, which is in the Netherlands. I'm really sorry if I've pronounced that terribly. Uh, so European brewer attire, and I've gone 
German Crispy Hackershaw Keller beer <clears throat> and Stein. Oh, taking so, influence from Dan. Yes, copying Dan the other week. Um, but yeah, I just thought it's uh, obviously a European beer style. Uh, a classic and it's the kind of thing that I like to drink at a party such as Eurovision so that's my interpretation today I think I've done better on this interpretation than Bank Holiday <laughs> I, I also think that you will probably do better opening that beer than Sean did with uh, his uh, bottle top last week um, did you hear the pop? that was very I satisfying Oh, he's oh, got a new one. It's totem pole. Right, I'm, I'm just looking around to see whether or not I've got a fiver knocking about because I'm willing to bet five pounds that Sean's gone for a Belgian beer. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> that means you owe me five pounds. That was the deal. Um, uh, I'm, I'm afraid I hate Eurovision. Is that fair? I hate it. So you hate um, Belgian beers? I, I, I think that, um, what's it normally on? About three hours, three and a half hours, something like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so over the years, what I've tended to do is uh, go to the pub just before it starts um, and then try and get back in from the pub just as the point scoring um, is about to kick off. The point scoring is brilliant. I really enjoy that. But all that entertainment in between, Absolutely rubbish. Um, but you're right, James. I have gone for a Belgian beer. Um, I like uh, Europe. I like that sort of geographical element to things. My favourite European country is France. But Belgium is a very close second. Belgium clearly wins on the beer front. But I didn't really prep it very well. This weekend, I'm enjoying a Welbeck Cabin mini keg for the weekend. And for the life of me, I couldn't. Uh, jamming uh, a, a chocolate stout from Welbeck uh, into Eurovision. So I've had to raid my rare beers box. And so I've gone for a, a very famous beer from uh, from Belgium. It's West Fletcher and 12. Um, I've got a couple of these that were very kindly given to me by Bob Callard, uh, one of our customers from Sheffield, uh, a few years back. This is a 2018 version, actually. So a famous beer. I've had it a couple of times before, but I've never had a full bottle to myself. So I'm going to open this now with, it is a totem pole, Adam. Is it? <laughs> but, um, this is from Ireland. And so all these are, are leprechauns. Oh. And that fits in nicely because for the first 12 years of my life, I was called Sean Sean the Leprechaun uh, by everybody uh, that, I, uh, that I met. So we've got we've got a stack of leprechauns. And watch, Laura. Ugh. Easy. So just Easy. to I went I went back and watched how long it took you to open it last week. Is it one minute? Was it one minute seventeen or one minute nine? It's, that's how long it took you to yeah. open it. Well, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I didn't mind. I didn't get too impatient, uh, but I, I did enjoy it. Um, <laughs> not as much as I'm going to enjoy this beer. I'm Good sure. Stuff. We, we also um, didn't follow up on the um, competition that we said we were going to do to, uh, to give away that um, bottle opener. So we will do that again at some point yeah. soon. Um, these lockdown episodes, Sean, have been absolutely disastrous for your secret stash of beer because every week you can <laughs> have to read it. You can have nothing yeah, left in it by the end of lockdown. I've got to admit, yeah, by the time we get to Friday at work, I'm not really giving the weekend much thought. I'm just happy to 
to get things all finished and done. And then I tend to get home Friday, because we're now closed on a Saturday, of course. Normally we're recording this on a Sunday. Um, I have to I have to start thinking then. So next week I'll write it down early. What's the theme next week? I don't even know the theme, but we'll, I think we'll uh, I'll write it down early. I'll get something. We'll, we'll, we'll let you come up with the theme. You can be uh, thinking about that and um, we'll, we'll announce <clears> that at the end of the episode. Uh, right then, so I um, have uh, also gone along a European uh, route. Similar to Adam, I originally had a beer in mind, a Whiplash beer, because of course they're from Ireland. Uh, and you think of Ireland, you think of Eurovision. They're the country that have won it the most number of times. So I was going to go with that. And then I thought, do you know the thing about Eurovision is that it's about being a bit loud and a bit bold and a bit out there. Um, so I thought I would go for a beer to match. Now, anyone that watched Eurovision last year, the Netherlands won, but everyone knows that the true winner was Norway. They won the public vote, but it, obviously it's part public, part juries. It was the jury vote that swayed it. But by an absolute landslide, uh, Norway won the public vote. So I've gone for a brewery from uh, Norway. This is from Amundsen. And this is, uh, it's called, is it called Zygote? Oh, yes. Uh, and I think this is relatively new. So it is, if I'm hold that up properly, it's a salted caramel chip chop cookie stout. Uh, and chip it's in. It weighs in at uh, a very modest 10.5%. Um, and I just thought it was a bit loud, flamboyant, a bit over the top. And that's kind of what Eurovision is all about. And I do love uh, Amundsen's, like, just insane yeah. stouts. They really are the kings of the uh, dessert in a can and all that kind of stuff, I think, are absolutely brilliant. So looking forward to um, to this one and, and yeah, raising a glass to Eurovision. Um, so I guess this week is Darren Hebden. Um, Darren, firstly, are you actually in a pub? Um, because it's totally not like it. It it, it, I thought you were when I first saw it. It's got that kind of the glass work and the, the... Yeah, it has. It's like, I think it's like yeah. frames that give it a bit of a pub look. I've not really thought of it like that, but yeah, I'll take that. That's a compliment. Um, so, Darren, we um, sort of know you from uh, a Facebook group called Beer Club, which um, you uh, post in. And uh, I, for one, always look forward to um, any posts that you uh, put on where you do your uh, little selfies in the pub, um, which are uh, which are great. So it's um, brilliant to have you on the uh, podcast. So, same as the rest of us, you set the challenge of a Eurovision-themed beer. So, what have you got? Well, my feelings about Eurovision are quite similar to Sean's feelings about Eurovision, I'm afraid. Um, longest three hours of the year. Uh, unfortunately, my partner absolutely loves it, so I have to put up with it. Uh, three hours of the year, I never get back. Excellent. So I struggled to think of a bit of a tenuous link with Eurovision. So I had a look through my stash, and I had this Baltic porter, which I thought was close. Well, then Sean had mentioned something about homebrewing. So I dug out the uh, sales on it, made myself a few weeks ago. So I thought I'd give that one a go and um, see what we think to that. Anything could happen. It might gush everywhere as soon as I open it. So take yeah, cover. A bit like Eurovision. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it could gush everywhere a bit like Eurovision. No, you never know what's going to happen. Kind of. It fizzed, so that's a start. You're right, you're right, Adam. It, it gushes for three hours. <laughs> and it, it, it yeah, exactly. itself. Actually, James, your beer, your beer is, is a world-class beer. And that's where the... Um, the comparison with Eurovision uh, ends because that's just a bunch of amateurs singing cheesy pop songs for, for three hours, whereas that's a professional proper beer. 
what you don't seem to crash on is that that's the joy of Eurovision. That's the good, I mean, Eurovision in recent years has gone. It's gone quite upmarket. It's quite, it's quite professional now. Like the songs are actually quite good, and that sort of ruins it. But there's always one country that enters, like the island that uh, the year that Ireland entered Turkey. You know, there's always something a, a bit nuts going on with um, with Eurovision, and that's what makes it Eurovision. And um, so we had uh, last week. Obviously, Sean, you had a homebrew beer. Was that last week or was it the year before? And that that it was, was another week, yeah. That was yeah, another podcast was first because we've never had yeah. a homebrew beer before, and then this another first here with Darren. Not only a homebrew beer, but your own homebrew beer. Well, the better time, really, though. I suppose um, you know, lockdown. And we've talked about it. A lot of people, you know, reverting to doing homebrew. But have you, is it, have you found that your, your homebrew consumption's gone up then, or oh, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been trying to keep on top of the proper stuff as well, but the uh, mostly homebrew, I'm afraid. Furlough money. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, Darren. So, uh, how, how did you how did you learn to homebrew? Uh, how long have you been homebrewing? How does that um, work? I've been homebrewing about 18 months, but, you know, taking it back right from the start, I spent probably 10 years not drinking at all, believe it or not. And then um, my brother and my brother-in-law, Chris, sent me this up from Nottingham. Um, it's a, brew, a beer he brewed with uh, Lincoln Green Brewery to raise money for um, Bowel Cancer UK after he lost his dad. Um, and it kind of got me right back onto the slippery slope. Um, drank that, liked it, uh, found myself going down the brewery or punk route and then somehow found myself in Sean's shop and really that was the end of all hope for me. Um, sold me a can of Axe Edge, a bottle of Axe Edge as it was then and I've been hooked ever since. Um, in terms of brewing, something I've picked up through some of the beer club people that uh, it seemed easier than it sounded. Uh, did a few kits from your off-the-shelf stuff that were rubbish and then gradually got into the old grain through some one gallon batches and this is one of those so how how difficult i sort of think about brewing something like a saison um so you think about brewing something like an ipa or a pale ale and you think well it's, it's just some hops but brewing something like a saison just kind of it just sounds like it's going to be harder it's going to be really complicated like it's quite involved how, how difficult is it to do something like that I'll tell you what, I cut more corners with this beer than any other brew I've ever made. Um, I found the kit in the attic. I bought it a couple of years ago, forgot to brew it at the time, I didn't get around to brewing it. And then when I finished work for the uh, lockdown, went into the attic, did a bit of a tidy up, found the kit, miles out of date. So I thought, well, I've nothing to lose. I'm just going to do it on the stovetop. Um, even the yeast was out of date. Didn't chill the work properly, just left it to chill on its own. Um, got it packaged up and left it a couple of weeks and it tastes... I think it must be incredibly hard to like uh, review your own beer if you brewed it yourself. Like drinking yeah, someone else's yeah. beer, you can be, you know, if you need to be a bit harsh, you'd be a bit harsh. You just say, it's just not my kind of thing. You brewed it yourself. I think I'd always want to play down how good one of my own beers would be because you wouldn't want to kind of appear to be like a bit arrogant about it. But at the same time, you don't want to, you won't want to say anything bad about your own beer. So um, it would be interesting at the end of the episode to to get your uh, to get your your take on uh, on that. Um, yeah, James, I always think that's difficult for a brewery as well. Um, we, we we could ask Laura uh, here particularly, but um, do do all breweries or brewers have to like the beer that they've brewed? Do they have to? I don't think you have to like it. I think you have to know that it 
tastes as it should and does the job that it was intended to do, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, everybody obviously has different tastes. So I guess smaller breweries with only one brewer might make a small, uh, I think tend to make generally kind of smaller ranges of, of things. Whereas, you know, we at Abbeydale, for example, we have a, a fairly large brewery team. There's about six, six brewers uh, who all have their own kind of preferred beer styles and things. So that's quite nice because, it, it you know, we don't all like all of the beers, um, but we're all kind of trained to, to understand and appreciate them rather than like them, I think. And I think that's important because you don't want to be sending out a beer that's, you know, that's below par or anything like that. So I think you have to believe in your beer, if that makes sense, without necessarily liking it, I would say. But I think I'd add as well, most of the home brewers that I know, and to be honest, a lot of commercial brewers are always their own biggest critics. Mm. I think it's easy to know exactly what you wanted and pick pick kind of on the things that aren't quite as you as you wanted them to be in your own beer. Um, and I know certainly a lot of the homebrew community who've moved to set up their, their own breweries are some of the most humble people in beer that I know. They're making absolutely fantastic stuff and they're like, oh yeah, it's okay, I'm pretty happy with it. Like, it's phenomenal. So I think it's, uh, it's easier to like things maybe that you didn't make yourself. Mm. That was thinking long, about- it wasn't, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, thinking back to a Funkfest, James, one um, and, and Laura, you you ran like a homebrew competition at Funkfest, didn't you? So that's, I mean, you had a niche festival with a niche competition, but then even that was categorized into like categories, wasn't it? So it was yeah. wasn't like just bring any funky beer. It was like the yeah, you say I can't remember what they were now, but they were like what four four categories or something. Yeah, yeah, there was uh, testing my memory now. There was like a simple sour, sort of kettle sours and things yeah. like that. Yeah. There's mixed fermentation one. There's definitely like a saison category. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, yeah, we had we had over fifty people that entered that, which was. Yeah. Uh, but some of those were great. Yeah. We tried. We still need to through that because the the guy who won um, the prize was to come and brew it on the main kit. We were supposed to be making it Easter weekend, but um, obviously with lockdown and everything, we're on a very strict no visitor policy at the minute so we've had to postpone it but it will be happening excellent cool yeah i i wonder whether or not as a brewer it, whether it's actually slightly easier to make a, a beer that, that maybe you don't like or is not the style that you go for because you can be um more kind of respond if it's a beer that you really like you, you're not going to want to change it too much because you're like no i like it like this whereas you know if the feedback is oh it needs to be a little bit more this or a little bit more that and it's something that's not your kind of style then you can take all that feedback on board objective yeah. maybe is the word that i'm um that i'm there's looking also, for there's and, also I'm, the thing like you're gonna have brewers who come into the team who probably didn't start there when said you know for example you could think of any classic beer jaipo um or you know um moonshine or farmer's blonde or whatever you know you you it's, it makes them the money. You don't have to like it, I suppose. At some point, you might have thought it was a great beer, but as time moves on, but people are still buying it. You know, it's not really, it's not really up to you if you don't like it. Why would you stop producing it if everyone's kind of still enjoying it and buying it? So, so I suppose yeah. there's that kind of angle to it as a brewer. You just kind of, you know, just making sure that the quality is you know up to yeah. par and um, making sure everybody else enjoys it. I suppose. 
That's that's definitely true. I mean, last last year, Adam, you and I um, hosted a few Meet the Brewer um, events in tents at, at Peak Ender, yeah. um, and certainly, you know, a couple of the brewers there w- were quite honest about you know not being that fussed about some of the beers that they make, but realizing that you know they've got to do that because it sells and that allows them then to make the kind of the one-offs and the uh, the collaborations and the stuff that they that they really um, they really Bread do and like. butter beers, isn't it? You are sorry. The bread and butter beers. I guess it is, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. On that subject, of course, this week, um, Peak Ender became the latest event, I think just yesterday or the day before, to announce that it's not going to take place this year, which probably wasn't a surprise. Tramlines, uh, a few days before, made the same announcement, and um, I, I, I kind of feel it's pretty much safe to say that probably every every event this year is going to be under under threat. One of the, the events that I tend to go to, which is a thing called uh, Summer Beer Thing in uh, Manchester, which is a one-day um, beer festival that they hold there. Um, that should be pretty much any time now, I think, in the next, in the, uh, probably in the next month or, or two. They, for now, have just postponed that, pushed it back to August. Um, I kind of feel that's probably being optimistic and that this year... It's just probably not going to happen, is it? And you look at stuff like um, Sheffield Beer Festival is quite late on in the year but with the way things have panned out in the last few weeks the idea that maybe social distancing might be done and dusted by then is seems like it's a bit of a fairy tale isn't it i think we've got to mm-hmm. um for all of us kind of get our head around the idea that we're probably not going to have any beer events this year and that's mm-hmm. that's really sad it's going to be my first year going to um fine fest this year i was really excited about that and you know that's that, that that's not going to be able to to go ahead although it is it's kind of in the middle of nowhere isn't it so i guess yeah. out of all of them it's probably got the most chance but um yeah i think we've just got to accept it haven't we yeah did, did, have we talked about the the beer 52 thing that did they like virtual beer beer festival i mean they did they did one a few weeks ago where you could buy like for two days i think they had totally had you know like um meet the brewer stuff virtual stuff that you paid for a ticket you got sent out I think it was either a, a box of 12 or you could get a box of 24 to kind of split you over to two days. Um, the beers are anyway really good and the value is pretty good, I suppose. And my friend actually did actually attend the first the first round, but they do, they, without success, they are doing another one. So I think you can buy tickets for that now. Um, but I think the beers alone looked fairly decent value for what you for what it cost. Um, I think it was a beer 52 one. Um, interesting kind of you know move to doing that in the meantime I suppose you're still you know, getting that interactivity with peers and and getting potential you know talks from breweries and stuff so um, um, it's, you know, it's probably maybe it's worth a look at for the next one but um, I'm actually just trying to find it now on the uh, on the website I'll, I'll, I'll dig around see if I can find it, was, it and, and it I'll report back on it Adam definitely I saw it online about a month ago it was it was base 52 Cyberfest, Cyberfest, Cyberfest two, yes. yes. Uh, so it is in. Uh, let me have a look. Uh, so it's in June. Actually, it's only a few weeks away. So the fifth and the sixth of June. Um, it's not. It's not actually the cheapest. So for the two individual days, for the twelve beers for the Friday, it's thirty five pounds, and then for the twelve beers for the Saturday, it's thirty five pounds as well. But then if you do the two days, sixty five pounds. So you make, make a bit of a saving. There, so sixty-five pound for twenty-four beers. I guess it's probably not that bad. Yeah. Um, and you get, I, I guess, a weekend beer. of entertainment as well. 
Yeah, you get a glass and a guide and some talks and you know there's all sorts of breweries on there, lost and grounded. <laughs> Barry's back. I, I, I Adam's gone again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what about to distract away from Adam's uh, Barry impression again, what about Chef Hopfest? Can we organise some sort of Chef Hopfest online little beer festival? That's, that's a, a great idea. Um, we'd have to do it whereby, I, I don't know, like you, I mean, I guess you do your um, uh, thrifty 50 boxes, like a, a Hopcast mm. box that there's a limited number of or whatever, and um, over the course of an of a, of a evening or something, that. drink along with us, that could work. I was thinking more, uh, what, what to, what's the maximum number you can have on Zoom in anyone? Uh, Hundreds. Anyone <laughs> our, our listeners and watchers want to join us. I think you, you can, can do that. that. Hundreds. Yeah. Plenty enough. You can get 100 on the free version, but even though we're limited to 40 minutes or whatever, but uh, um, yeah, not a bad idea. Flesh it out. Sean, come up with a little pack. Interval oh, Entertainment, no, Barry White, yeah. live in concert. I'm still... <laughs> No, you're all right now. You're all right now. You're all right. The rest of it's up to you. <laughs> it's a good idea. It's a good idea. I like it. Um, so, um, Darren, other than um, homebrew, from a beer point of view, how have you been kind of finding things over lockdown? I guess from a non-beer point of view, um, you mentioned before about being on on furlough. Um, yeah. yeah. yeah what, what's your kind of lockdown experience been like? Well, for me, it's been okay. I'm a supply teacher, so uh, it was quite a relief to get out of that environment. I've got to say, surrounded by 12 and 13-year-olds coughing in your face. Yeah. So, um, although I was a bit worried at first about the financial implications about not going out work to, to get myself on furlough and I'm not spending any money on travelling and that kind of thing, so I'm surviving, yeah. It's, it's not too bad getting out for a run down again and just plodding on. I felt I don't you're, been- you're in Scunthorpe. Darren, Sorry? are you from Scunthorpe? I'm from Scunthorpe, yeah. I've been in Scunthorpe all my life, really, so uh, it's it's a bit of a small town with a small town mentality and very few decent pubs, but uh, we we survive, which that's why I have to come to Sheffield from a bit. Look, there seems to be a very close link between Scunthorpe and, and Sheffield. There are one or two scunny types who live in Sheffield, of course, and, and then a real gang of you that uh, via beer club seem to have a a close association, Laura and Richard, uh, Archer Roder and Beer yeah, Club yeah. as well. So there seems to be, a, it almost feels like a Twin Towns sort of oh, yeah, yeah. beer club. Sheffield, Sheffield and, and, and Scunny with a bit of Donny thrown in there as well. Well, it's nice to have a bit of civilization, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> On that subject of not spending very much money, I, I don't know if this is other people's kind of findings from lockdown but i found so like you know rent and bills obviously still my biggest monthly outgoings and then the food bills kind of gone up because you can't go to restaurants so you're just spending everything on your supermarket shop every week but then i think my beer bill is kind of like it's become third place that like that's the probably my third biggest expenditure a month is is just on is just on beer yeah yeah it it probably was before to be honest a lot more money but yeah i think i've saved a lot more money but um, I suppose pub not going to pubs has saved me a lot of money and travel getting stuff you know when you're at work buying extra things for your lunch or nipping to Greg's for a cheeky breakfast sandwich and all that sort of stuff uh, <laughs> it all adds up James you, adds you up. would have spent a lot on football James I would have thought uh, have you been watching yeah. some of the German football this afternoon the first sign of football for a month I haven't I'm saving myself so uh, the team that I support St Pauli I've got the t-shirt on there um, I, I 
today. They're in the second division though, aren't they? They are in Zweibundesliga, yeah. So they play tomorrow uh, at half 12. So um, I've got um, a lot of friends. So there's actually about 100 people from across the world that we're doing like a virtual screening of the match together um, tomorrow. So um, that'll be really good. But no, I've not watched any of the ones today i don't know i i mean i'm not i'm looking forward to the screening tomorrow but i'm not happy about it because i don't it, it seems ridiculous that um the already back playing football because it's football and and i love it but you know what like lives are way more important so it just seems ridiculous that what is clearly a contact sport is already kind of back and um and being played so um i think it would be a weird atmosphere but yeah i didn't want to watch any ones today because I, I kind of want my first experience of what a game without any crowd there is like to be actually at the the game it's, itself, really. Um, and, 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 yeah, see that tomorrow. I, I see that Twitter's not been particularly kind on um, the experience of games without a crowd um, this afternoon, so I'm not really expecting very much, very much from it. Um, we, uh, today's absolutely flown. We've only got a few minutes left. Um, Laura, what's your beer like? Uh, it's great. I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's just very classic, very clean. Um, I think Keller beers are slightly lower carbonated than some of the lager styles, so it's even easier to drink because it's not too, you know, sometimes when they're really fizzy, you have to sort of be a bit careful when you're drinking them. Uh, or I do anyway. Uh, whereas this, you can just like, so it's nearly all gone in record time. But now this, this cup, by the way, I drink everything out of this. It's the best glass. Well, it's not glass, is it? But it's the best vessel. <laughs> vessel. Good word, vessel. It looks very sturdy. Yeah. If you it keep is. it by your bed, you could use it to assault anyone that broke into your house as well. Yeah. Bedtime water and emergency tool. I think that's under the um, gulper, wasn't it? If you go by my um, rename oh, of the different sizes. <laughs> I like it. Um, unsurprisingly, the uh, zygote, which I don't know what that means, but it's a fantastic word, zygote, um, is, as you would expect, is brilliant. And you get all the flavors, it, salted caramel, um, chocolate chip cookie. It does actually taste like a cookie, uh, which is phenomenal. Um, and it's brilliant. And it also, after a couple of mouthfuls, it, it really allows you to forget that it's 10.5%. When you first taste it, you realize it's 10.5%. And then very quickly... It, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel it. In fact, it feels a little bit gentle. It's not. It's not kind of fighting in the way that a lot of imperial stouts do. So um, I'm very impressed. And congratulations to Norway, who should have been um, the winners of last year's Eurovision, but definitely win um, my um, beer of the the weekend so far. Um, Adam, what's yours like? Really, <clears throat> sorry, really, really good. Um, just just on the Zyger, that was probably my beer of. 2018 I think I had it really late on Adam uh, in the shake he said try this and um, yeah it's a fantastic beer so go and get it um, yeah this is really good I bought a can of it a few weeks ago because my wife really likes kind of sours and I thought oh I feel I felt guilty that I was buying loads of cans so I <laughs> bought one of these tasted it and I thought shit I wish I'd got myself one of those um, in a good way it tastes like lime cordial <laughs> like neat lime cordial <laughs> it's got that really kind of like puckering kind of like like sort of sourness to it but it's not like overly sour it's got it's really limey and sort of yeah i would say lime is the main flavor i get from that um 
I have. I've got one in the. I've got one in the fridge. How do you think it will go off the back of a ten point five percent salted caramel? Glass of water between it. Chopped chip. Yeah, you're a sorbet. Right, sorbet. It's time to put Darren on the spot and ask him for his review of his own beer. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to be modest about it. Let's face it. There's plenty to be modest about there. Um, it's okay. It's uh, it's got a bit of um, a saucy type funk about it. It's got uh, quite sweet in a way as well. Um, what I would really like it to have been like was Jack Daw from uh, from Dan from a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. Um, it's it's drinkable. Um, you can tell it's a saison. Um, it's it's not the worst beer I've ever made. It's not the best, but you know, not as good as the glass that it's in. Wild Horse from I don't know, Great Brewery. Excellent, good glass, good glass. Um, and uh, finally, then to uh, Sean for his beer review, and also um, obviously you've had half an hour now to come up with a theme for next week. So um, we we await your decision. Right, um, a couple of things before my beer then. One, Zygo is all over Sheffield, uh, James, at the moment. And so uh, uh, plenty of beer shops will, will have that. So if anybody is, is impressed by your review of it, then dive in. Um, Amundsen are also releasing three brand new of their dessert in a can ranges, and they'll land into Sheffield's various shops next week as well. Some really interesting new flavours, uh, including mango and raspberry popsicle or it could be mango popsicle as a pistachio one as well so lots to look forward to there my beer is um just stunning and um yeasty lots of dark fruits raisins and sultanas and all that type of thing exactly the style i I love from belgium so really really enjoyed it and um I haven't given uh, much thought to next week's theme, of course, because I'd forgotten all about that. But I think uh, I think that um, we should um, all drink a beer inspired by our guests. Oh, and I've already that. got my beer. I've already got my beer inspired by our guests. So that's me sorted for next week. Oh, well, good. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think you know. I think I know. I'm reading between the lines. I think I know what beer it is. So, okay, all right. Well, that's that. That's that's it. You'll you'll have to tune back in next week to to find (laughs) out how we fare on that one. All right. Um, uh, beer inspired by our guests. Fair enough. Right. We do confuse ourselves a lot uh, when we're talking midweek, and this week was particularly bad for us forgetting who our guests were, what day of the week it was, what time we were on. And so, um, am I right in thinking that next week is Sunday? Yep. 6 p.m.? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it's out and about, Michael yep. and Heather. Yep. Bang on. Do you want to give out your home address at the same time or anything? Any other, any other personal details that you want to slip in there? Mobile phone number? They've just released a beer. Last three digits on your uh, card. email Sean at conservatory.co.uk. Yeah. My, my yeah, my my card security code is five three five. Right, we've got less than a minute left, so we're going to have to wrap it up. Uh, we need to do our quick beer selfie that we always do. So uh, beers and cans and bottles okay. in the air, if you would do, and uh, nice big smiles and poses. 
that's good and uh, Darren thank you uh, lovely yeah, to uh, virtually meet you and you um, keep brewing, brewing those saisons um, everyone else it's been a pleasure and uh, we'll see you next week thanks everyone thanks Darren bye bye